Hey everybody, it's Tony, your host here. Just want to invite you to head on over to tonyfletcher.substack.com and subscribe, if you will, so that you can get yourself a weekly newsletter full of news about this podcast, my other podcast, a Substack-only subscribers podcast that's launching in December 2023, and you'll get additional show notes for this episode and other episodes complete with pictures, links, and even video and music if need be. That's tonyfletcher.substack.com. And now on with the show. It's very hard physical work to to be a sculptor, to be a dancer, to be a musician who's touring. It's really hard on the body. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another new episode of One Step Beyond, a show all about positively engaging with the world outside our door. And we're going to move away from the conversations we had over the first three episodes of this season, change the tone a little bit. This show likes to be varied. So at the end of August, I went out to uh, the Nevada desert to spend a week at Burning Man, which is an event you may have heard of. And if you haven't, I strongly recommend that you look it up and find out more about it. It can be a life changer. When I first went there in 2007 with my older son, who was just 11 at the time, it was a life changer. You spend a week camping on the desert floor. Well, some people are in RVs, but we camped. Uh, you build a city. You build an entire community. There is no commerce. Uh, you have to survive under the uh, oppressive heat by day and sometimes frigid temperatures by night. You encounter dust storms that cause whiteouts. You very rarely, if uh, ever, get to wash or shower. And you have the most amazing experience with art vehicles and various art displays and all kinds of activities that people bring to Burning Man to make the event happen. It's largely an event curated by its participants. There is, of course, lots of fire and burning. And uh, and then you come back to what we call the default world. And I went five times out of six years with that uh, older son between 20, 2007 and 2012. Um, had not been for 10 years. It was my first time without my uh, my older kid. It was the first time going on my own, though I was in a camp with friends. And again, it was an incredible experience. And I wanted to make a podcast about it. However, this podcast is not about Burning Man. Because, you know, Burning Man doesn't desperately lend itself to sticking tape recorders in people's faces. It's a chance for people to let their freak flags fly, um, to get away from the default world, to get uh, detached from their phones and uh, their computers. Um, not that everybody does that, but it's an opportunity to do that. And um, it's also a very difficult endurance test to survive. And I will be honest, I struggle to find the right angle. So much has been said and written about and recorded and filmed about Burning Man. And I didn't come home feeling that I had that new take on it. I also came home and was a little surprised that barely a week or so after after returning from, uh, you know, both an expensive and exhausting um, vacation of sorts, that it felt like a fever dream, like it had it was something I did last year and I wanted to have a really permanent lasting impression the way it did on my first years. So I have to do some rethinking about Burning Man. However, however, the first weekend of October, my home city, my current home city of Kingston, 90 miles north of New York City on the Hudson River, uh, holds a festival called O Positive in which the art of medicine is exchanged for the medicine of art. And it's a novel take on the USA's uh, healthcare crisis. I'm going to call it a crisis because basically healthcare in the States is not considered a human right. It's considered something you have to generally pay for. Um, either your employer pays for it for you or if you're self-employed, well, you have a very good chance of being stuck. The O Positive Festival sprang out of this particular uh, scenario. And over the course of this episode, you're going to hear in particular, uh, you're going to hear from Zoom calls that I had with Lara Hope, who is the music director, and Lindsay Volkovitz, who is the art director for this year's very successful O Positive, the first proper one since 2019. 
And you're also going to hear some of the music that I recorded on the various stages, but also from a different whole bunch of activities that I participated in. And I hope it's like educational, informative and entertaining and that you get something from this because the festival is a great success in Kingston. It's helped transform this town. It's a conversation that has to be had. It's a conversation that unfortunately really shouldn't have to be had. Um, But that's where we are. I really hope you enjoy what we've got here. It's a bit of a different take. It's involved some editing. Obviously, some of the street recording involves sounds from the streets. That's all part of the charm as far as I'm concerned. Uh, See you on the other side. Lindsay Volkovitz is not only the director of art for the O Positive Festival in 2022, she's also an established artist in her own right. And here she is talking about the physical work that artists undertake to be creative and why this makes it so essential that they have access to healthcare. Artists and musicians, we are manual laborers. You know, we use our bodies in order to do our work, um, which is something that people don't always consider when they think of creatives. Um, they think it's all imagination and 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 hobby. It's very hard physical work to to be a sculptor, to be a dancer, to be a musician who's touring. It's really hard on the body. And when you then can't take care of yourself, provide very basic care, like going to the dentist once or twice a year, um, being able to go to the doctor when you're unwell, slowly over time, you create a, a sense of self-worth <laughs> that is diminished enormously and therefore impacts your ability to create, your ability to um, pursue, your ability to be confident enough to continue to do the work. And so what's happening is that the the kind of very life force is being squeezed out of the, the creative economy because of this unwellness um, both inside and out that, that takes hold when you can't, you're kind of forced to make impossible decisions all the time between this thing that you do in order to be well in your soul and in your mental health often, and your ability to be well in your body. And that these things are set up in opposition to each other because of capitalism. (laughs) Lara Hope, meanwhile, is not only the director of music for the O Positive Festival in 2022, she's also an established musician in her own right with at least three groups to her name, a considerable discography, and in 2020, she received Kingston's Distinguished Artist Award. You're a working musician. You have been, you are in many ways a classic example of a working musician. You are known, you have some popularity, you make some recordings, but you are not, if you don't mind my saying, famous. How, how have you coped over the years? Um, there were times when I had Medicaid, which was really, really helpful. And I know that that has been become a bit more accessible in New York State. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people, I think, either are intimidated or don't know how to even go about filling out the paperwork, don't know how to get started, or some people make just a, just above the amount to be eligible for Medicaid, which is really not very much. And I think so many people fall in that gray area where you make just a little, just too much to to um, be able to get Medicaid, but way too little to be able to actually afford health insurance. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was on Medicaid for a long time and I'm actually kind of in a transitional period now of, of having to figure it out moving forward. Um, and I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm not really sure what my plans are for health insurance in the near future. I need to figure it out. Generally speaking, musicians are happy to be on stage. It's what they love doing. And there's a sense uh, as a as an audience member that like this is the dream. Yeah, they're living a dream life. But the reality of it is, being a working musician is physically hard labor, and I think that gets really underreported and undervalued. Can you speak to that a little bit about what's entailed in actually being a working musician? And there's a lot of physical work involved, isn't there? You're you're lifting equipment. You're you're performing. You know, sometimes hours a night. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, many nights. I mean, I've had to meet with an ENT countless times over the years because there were times where I was playing three hour gigs all the time. You know, I developed a cyst in my throat. Um, 
I had to take voice lessons. I had to, I had to, you know, spend a week or two weeks doing complete vocal silence after having steroid shots into my throat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been working on, on my technique and trying to, uh, you know, uh, make sure that this does never happens to me again. But I mean, this kind of stuff happens to a lot of people. And if I didn't have access to an ENT at the time, I, I don't know that I would still be able to sing. Lara's story may be specific to her experience as a vocalist in a touring musical group, but her situation is absolutely typical of the working artist in a nation where self-employed people struggle for health care. And it was out of this need for working artists to be able to access health care that O Positive was born. And Lara Hope is going to pick up the story now on how it was born. The way it started is a really organic, great story that I love to hear Joe, who Joe is the, one of the co-founders and he also um, is in charge of sponsorships these days. But it's really his story that he was sitting at a bar. I believe it was Keegan Ailes, who's still one of our, our close partners and venues uh, of the festival, sitting at Keegan Ailes with, with Tommy Keegan, um, who, you know, big loss for the community that he's not around. And Dr. Tom Single, who is a dentist in town, and I think the three of them were sitting around, you know, shooting the shit. And Dr. Single said, there's this band that I love and I really wish that I could get them to play in Kingston. Man, you know, I would be willing to give them dental work if they mm-hmm. would come play. And Joe Conqueror, who's like such an ideas person, you know, this light bulb went off over his head and he said, well, Tom Single, like, why don't we ask them to come and play in exchange for dental work? And that was really like how O Positive and the exchange for art and medicine began. Now this is, it's our 13th year. This was our 12th festival because we did take one year off during the pandemic in 2020. And so over this course of the 12 years, um, the O Positive clinic has been able to provide over 6,000 health and wellness visits um, to hundreds of artists and musicians. I, I kind of just wanted to clarify how this actually works, that uh, musicians, visual artists, mural artists, uh, everybody, it seems to me from, from almost on the outside, supplies what they do in exchange for something else. So a musician will come and perform, not expect a fee, but be offered some kind of wellness. And presumably the dentist who came up with this idea, for which we're very grateful, is is somebody who can supply some medical care and knows that they're bringing art to the community. Is that the basics of it? That is the basics of it. And Dr. Single is still a part of it. Um, we do provide travel stipends. We don't want money coming out of people's pockets to be able to actually get here. So, you know, we make sure your travel expenses are covered. Um, If people are coming from out of the area and they need a place to stay, we will set them up with somebody in the community that has an extra bedroom, an extra apartment, you know, so we're happy to help in any way we can. And and I I also want to give a shout out to Diane Reeder, who owns the Kingston Candy Bar uptown. She is a culinary institute graduate and professional chef. And Diane has been running our green room. And I do think it's a really nice perk for everybody. The entire three days of the weekend if you are there as a musician or as an artist or as a volunteer you can access the green room and eat fresh local food all weekend long breakfast lunch and dinner um and i know that's something i really appreciate and a lot of the people that have come um to participate in o positive have been so pleased to have that what o positive does um and you know hopes to at some point become obsolete but we are not there yet um is to try to offset that harm um, that's done by capitalism, that's done by this um, kind of strange value system and hierarchy that's set up uh, in the US through which not everyone deserves the same amount of care somehow. Um, And we try to subvert that and say that, you know, our societies, the the wellness in our communities is relying upon art and music um, that art and music is is food for everyone in our communities, whether you make it or whether you enjoy it, um, whether you lean on it for your own well-being, and that we have these volunteer healthcare providers that range from very Western typical medicine um, to complementary care providers, energy workers, uh, mental health providers, um, and that on this weekend we propose that there's a different way to value each other and to take care of each other. And 
these volunteer providers are offering their services at no cost to the artists that are presenting work to the community in order to kind of complete the circuit of wellness on this weekend and propose that we can do things differently. What you were hearing there was Rebecca, or who you were hearing there was Rebecca Kelly G, who ha uh, held a ceremony uh, called a performance, reflection, and movement over at the Yoga House on Sunday lunchtime. Rebecca uh, considers herself an equity strategist, sound artist, and facilitator rooted in anti-racist practices. And if that sounds a bit heavyweight, and I think it does, let me assure you that her, um, her ceremony was uh, this beautiful combination of yoga, relaxation, and uh, the incredible, um, I will call it music, that she provided um, by looping herself and then singing over it. And she also sought to explain where that music was uh, emanating from in terms of uh, her art, her heart, and history. So there is a common cultural practice right now, relatively common, it's emerging of um, land and labor acknowledgements. Have you heard those land and labor acknowledgements? Are you familiar with that? Oh, okay, great. Let's talk about them. Land and labor acknowledgements. So those are a process of naming, <laughs> naming, the acknowledging these lands as um, tended to originally by the indigenous people of this country and the labor acknowledgements that people were brought here and forced into labor, my people. And there's a process, a cultural practice now of saying, you know, this is, we are on Lenape land. We want to acknowledge the people who have been forced into labor, who have brought us to the place that we are. And that's a large part of what these can look like. There's also, people can connect them to movements and places where you can get involved and work. But what I really want to do with this, not even but, and what I would like to do is give us a moment to acknowledge and understand that the past is present. We are an extension of what has come before. Yeah. It lives here in us that the people who are indigenous to this land, they're still here. Those of us who were, are, are descendants of people who were forced into labor, we're still here in this room, in this space. And there's an energy, there's a rising. While O Positive has a strong temporary presence the first weekend of each October, it has a true permanent presence in Kingston because since its inception 13 years ago, it has taken many of the blank walls that exist in many cities like this that have been through various booms and busts and various architectural ages and had buildings knocked down and buildings of different sizes constructed next to them. It's taken these blank walls and... Uh, commissioned artists to paint murals on them. These murals can be seen from blocks away, sometimes even you know, miles away. They are colorful, they're exuberant, they're artistic, and they generally make some kind of statement within that. Many of these works of art are uh, designed, painted by artists of color, artists of uh, either female or non-specific gender, or who identify maybe as LGBTQ. And it's all part of uh, an incredible process by which Kingston has been become uh, emboldened by color um, in many different senses of the word. And it also stands as a kind of bulwark to some extent uh, uh, to the gentrification that's going on here because this city uh, has been cited a few times in the last couple of years since the pandemic as the hottest real estate market in the country. So you're going to hear Lindsay talk about her own role as a mural artist. And then you're going to hear from the mural to mural bike tour that I took part in on Saturday morning. Very, very short bike tour. Very, very family friendly. You will hear firstly, um, from the house opposite, which was going up at the People's Place, right opposite of uh, Keegan's. You're then going to hear from Amanda E. Gross, where they were uh, painting, she, sorry, it was painting a beautiful fauna and flora 
mural on the side of the YWCA building. And then you're going to hear from Shawnee Miller, a Californian transplant of Native American descent, and her work at the fairly new thrift shop, which is actually owned by the Fair Street Church. All of this in Uptown Kingston. Enjoy. Um, so I'm a studio artist, and one of the things I love about O Positive is that um, we've given any number of people, including myself, their first wall. Um, and my first wall was uh, if you're sitting and having a beer outside of Keegan Ales and you look across the parking lot, um, there is a house-shaped piece with women and girls kind of building up the wall together. Um, that is my first piece called Lifted. My name is Amy Gardner. I'm the operations director for the O Positive Festival. That means I push a lot of paper. However, I am also an educator and I am happy to lead this uh, multi-generational tour of the O Positive murals. We're going to hit about three murals today. Um, one of them has already been made and that's right there. One is right there and we're going to learn all about it from the artists who are making it in progress. And then we're going to head just down the road a little bit to the Fair Street Church area and see another mural in progress. Allie Fairkeel, Anna Keith is up there. We sort of work together under the name The House Opposite. And we're creating sort of like a cross section of, of a home and um, really sort of believe in and want to convey the kind of, I guess, magic that can be a home and can be, uh, you know, in the everyday and in the sometimes mundane. Um, and so kind of weave in some surrealist uh, elements and kind of, you know, wanting it to be a space where obviously people take refuge and create and, you know, do all the things that we do, but that, you know, really inspires from the inside out. Nature comes in, goes out. Um, yeah, so that's, this is our work and it's a cross section and um, trying to get it done. <laughs> it's a lot of wall. Um, yeah. But any questions? Any questions? Yeah, I don't know how long I can answer, but I'll try. What's your deadline? I mean, technically, I think in our contract we have till like the 31st, but I'm like about to pop out a kid and I need to get done. Like, I, I'm, I'm under my own personal deadline. Um, that, yeah, so my ability to climb up and down that is like. The window is slowly closing. Right. Quickly closing. What kind of toll does making a mural take on a body? <laughs> well, I got the massage at the clinic yesterday. So <laughs> yeah. going to have a blue jay, a turkey vulture, and one other bird, I believe, kind of in the center. So I'm, I'm making it kind of its own standalone, but also connected with those lines and mountains. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be cool. <laughs> I wanted to like, I like to tell a story with my designs and um, I wanted to like have this like ancient, ancient like healing a model of um, like community and sustenance be united with things like um, you know intergenerational trauma and like acknowledgement um, of some of the horrible things that have happened and I'm trying to like you know I'm everyone's like traumatized in their own ways and we're all kind of here together um, and there's things that we can do to like rely on each other and build community um, so I really wanted to have like three I mean it's three sisters I wanted to have like you know not just like femmes but maybe like you know like a variety of different kinds of figures um, all kind of like supporting each other and like grieving but also like kind of being uplifting and um, the, the members of uh, this church have let me just like take up space here and um, I think that it's been really cool to be on this block and like see the kinds of people who live here um, and I think that there's a lot to do with like tolerance and moving forward and celebrating like our differences but also the things that bring us together um, so that's all the things I've been thinking about
The most uh, visible aspect of the art side of O Positive is definitely the murals. What other areas of the visual arts does O Positive engage in um, that, that maybe aren't so visible to somebody who's walking or driving or cycling down the street? Sure. I mean, the mural po program is is kind of definitely our our best flag to be flown year round for sure, and it and it's a good introductory um, <laughs> introductory <laughs> drug for people when they are first learning about O positive. It's it's how a lot of people come to know us. Um, but I appreciate that question because the mural program is just a very small portion of the art that people can experience, especially on festival weekend, and just a small portion of the artists that. Um, are supported by O Positive, um, produced by O Positive, and receive care through O Positive. You know, throughout Festival Weekend, um, this past weekend, people could have seen dance, um, uh, installation, durational performance, um, interactive art projects. Um, the Literary Salon falls underneath my care. Um, we have storytellers. We have... Um, kind of uh, participatory art pieces. One might've seen Ben Pender in a sculpture with a disco ball just opposite um, Bitch or Roxini on the summer stage. Um, so we really populate the footprint of the festival with art in all of its forms. Um, we have workshops. We had a theater of the oppressed workshop, for instance, this year um, that was really well attended and, and really a, a wonderful thing. So um, really anything that, uh, you know, if someone identifies not as a musical performer, <laughs> yeah, they come to me uh, or they come to the art committee through the submission process. And we're really open to art in all of its forms. I found a perfect example of this all-encompassing approach to art when I came up North Front Street and next to the Half Moon Bookstore, a second-hand bookshop, I found an amazing outdoor display on the plaza there of uh, books hung on tables, decorated, hanging from trees, hundreds if not maybe a thousand or more books. And I approached uh, the owner of Half Moon, Jenny, to ask what on earth was going on. This is an installation called the Ephemeral Garden. And what we've done is we've invited people to come in and choose a book to give to someone and choose a book for themselves. And then we also ask that they participate in the sort of documentary aspect, which is sharing something about the book, who are they going to give it to, why this book. And we provided a bunch of ways to do it. So there's journals, um, there are little like notebooks and paper, there's cassette recorders, there are typewriters, the typewriters were the big hit. We've got quills and ink. Um, and then we just kind of hung it all up around the plaza and people are like into it. It's been fun. It's been fun to hear, you know, why people are reaching out to other people in a way. Or there have been some really funky coincidences. A woman came to me and she said, you know, I asked you for a book uh, a couple of months ago and you said you would look. And she's like, and here it is. So, <laughs> so it's been kind of funny, you the know. came yeah, yeah, it's been a real... Um, I think hearing people talk about books, I think um, the the somewhat archaic technology, uh, it's been really fun to watch the intergenerational exchanges there as some people explain what they use um, or how they used to have it or someone they knew had it. Um, so it's been... It's been really terrific, you know. There was a certain tension for me because this is how I make my living. And so it was a really interesting exercise to think about materially, okay, but also like to push up against the edge of my own generosity. Like there were a couple of times I walked through and I saw a title and I was like, I can't give that away. <laughs> and then I felt so terrible. And it's like, you know, it's like all these files of books and I'm beating myself up because I took one. But yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think that was the other thing, too, is let's think about the abundance that we all live with. Um, and let's think about ways that we can share and level it out a little bit. You know, 
There are a lot of books here that I had actually intended to sell, but I didn't have room for them on my shelves. So they're in boxes and they're under tables. And I balked a couple of times about bringing them out, but then I was like, you know, not everything's going to be taken. And what is the purpose of hiding it underneath if I'm still doing enough business to keep the lights on, you know? Like, just coming in and participating in this is really a creative act. And I think that, I mean, for me, like, I just did this big, giant, clearly art piece, and I'm very hesitant to call myself an artist. So I think the thing is, is, like, to give people the chance or give them the idea to think about how you can live creatively in small ways. Not everybody has to be Picasso, you know? So this is a kind of way for sort of like creative doodling for people. And I, and I think that's something that they responded to because there's no pressure of evaluation. It's just joining in, you know? Art as party. Art as party, indeed. I know Positive celebrates itself as a party, a celebration of art and music. And of course, wellness. And that wellness involves not just indoor exercise, but getting outdoors for more substantial bike, uh, communal bike journeys than the one I was able to join. I think some went up to about 30 miles on road or trail. There were a couple of runs as well, one of which was mural to mural, and I assume took in uh, the greater distance than what we did with the kids there on the, on the bikes across a few blocks. And my eye was uh, attention was caught by a... And my attention was drawn by a mindfulness walk that set off on a Saturday morning. Uh, I was curious because it was meeting at the shopping center, the plaza that's not too far from me. And um, kind of curious how you take a mindfulness walk around a shopping plaza. So I was curious about what it entailed all around. What it entailed was actually taking to the brand new, uh, well, newly upgraded trail that runs from the shopping plaza or shopping center, whatever you want to call it, down to Midtown Kingston. It's been upgraded with some new uh, paving and some new tree plantings. And uh, our host for the event, Matt Consaro. I think he's with the John Burroughs Society. He's a naturalist, uh, but he's also a Buddhist and he wanted to uh, basically have us kind of converge, uh, combine the two. We uh, we only walked for the best part of an hour. We only covered probably a mile, if that. It was very contemplative. It was informative. And here's Matt talking about it. So these walks that I've started to do over the last year are a little different. So whereas we'll still do some conventional field ID, you know, we won't sort of pretend we don't know that that's an oak tree. <laughs> Try to deny that. We'll use that, fa you know, that facility of our minds and our, um, our behavior to do that. And then we'll do some practices where we're kind of deliberately dropping that. We're kind of like loosening our mental grasp on that a little bit, you know, and do some, a little bit of mindfulness practice, right? Uh, for whatever reason, we might be in it to do that. You know, mindfulness is often thought of as a wellness practice. And it is, you know, there's been, you know, scientifically, uh, uh, scientific studies have shown that there is some benefit, you know, blood pressure, things like that, stress management, etc. People like John Kabat-Zinn and developing mindfulness-based stress reduction have been using this in medical um, uh, facilities, literally medical facilities for many years now, decades. And that's all great. But what I encourage and what most, you know... Um, Excuse me. Um, what most certainly, but what Buddhist teacher meditation teachers stresses, don't get too hung up on that. Don't get too too involved in like the benefits and the outcomes you might be looking for. Whether it's a, certainly in the short term and even in the long term, like don't kind of look for that. Just do the practices and just sort of let things go and see what happens. Right. So does that make sense? <laughs> That Saturday morning walk came on the heels of a Friday opening night with some wonderful, wonderful live music, which I'll get into in a little more detail in a moment. What you heard there was some of the Balkan mac and cheese trio. And you're now going to hear me talking to Lara about the music at Opositive. Uh, just briefly, can you talk about some of the musical highlights over the years? And then I also really wanted to just be able to uh, recognize and we could talk just a little bit about the diversity of acts that are positive books, because that can be an issue with um, with certain festivals. They become sort of very uh, 
uh, you know, it, it might be a rock festival. I mean, O Positive is incredibly broad. So what are some of the highlights over the years, uh, do you think? So yes, to, to, to just touch upon your point, and it's something that I love and I've always loved about O Positive is the diverse range of music and that we are not a genre specific festival. Um, as, as a person like personally that plays kind of roots music, I feel like so many of the events we play are just a roots festival or just a country music festival or just a rockabilly festival. And even as a person that loves that kind of music, even we get bored of it. You know, I love that you can go to a positive and no matter what type of music you're into, whether that is classical music. I mean, we had members of the Hudson Valley Philharmonic this year or experimental music or punk rock or hip hop or anything in between. There is something for you. Right. It's and racially that, diverse. It's ethnically diverse. It's gender diverse. Yes, most definitely. And that's what's so nice about having a music committee that's deciding on the bands rather than just one or two people. And, um, as, you know, we try to form the music committee being um, a diverse group of people of all ages and backgrounds and musical tastes that can come and bring in their own uh, perspective to make this so well-rounded. Right. So, you know, I don't think that there's a lot of other events that do it that way. No, I don't think there are. Can you, uh, uh, what, what have been some of your personal highlights over the years? Well, some of the bigger names, but also just maybe uh, individuals, uh, unknown acts that you saw that you were like, that was incredible. I'm so glad we brought them in. Yeah, well, I mean, being someone that's been closely affiliated with O Positive over the years, I've always really encouraged our touring friends from other parts of the country to come through and experience what we've been telling them about. Um, and it's been it's been a pleasure, you know, not not only because it gave me an excuse to actually see my friends that don't live around here, but for them to see firsthand this festival. So, I mean, my personal highlights have always been when my touring friends, whether that be from Virginia or from Texas or from New Hampshire, off the top of my head, we've had friends from all these places come, Florida, um, come experience O Positive. Uh, and, and, you know, give my friends a chance to see my hometown and really like experience this. And then they go out and they tell the rest of our touring friends about what the experience is. Um, and it's always been so heartwarming, heartwarming to kind of see these people then spread the gospel of O Positive to their neck of the woods. For sure. For sure. I know one of the bigger names who have come through over the years was Spiritualized, who played the old Dutch church uh, yes. several years back. That's a group I have seen since the early 90s, and I, I would uh, never have put money on them playing in Kingston because I've seen them play Radio City Music Hall and set it out. So, I mean, this was, yeah. That yeah, was we had the Magnetic Fields last year. We've had the Felice Brothers. Um we had Amanda Palmer play uh, a few years ago. And again, actually, she she uh, led the parade this year and played some songs this year of the Dresden Dolls. And it's funny how I imagined that I would be that person now. But it does not seem to have happened. Maybe I've just forgotten how. And then Merc Mercury Rev headlined this year, and that's uh, sort of Rev. like hometown heroes who I don't believe have played the festival before. I guess it was just the right time, finally. And they were also at the Old Dutch Church, which is a pretty phenomenal venue. Not only have they not played the festival before, they've never played in the city of Kingston, which is their, their hometown before. Isn't that bizarre? So that was huge for them. Um you know, now I'm I I I want to pull up like there have been so many so many great great big bands that have played that I I um I don't want to fail to mention, um, and and also like personally I'm I kind of always root for the underdog so mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily the person that's always there seeing the headliner. Mm -hmm. You know, my favorite shows are not shows at big venues. Like I love seeing people that you know in a two two or three hundred capacity room 
You know, I'm so. with you. I'm with you on that. Those are my favorite gigs. Maybe even less than that. 20 or 30 people sometimes can do it. As long as it, the room holds 20 or 30 and not several hundred. I was probably thinking there as I talked of uh, the Tubbies, which is a venue in Midtown Kingston. Tiny little bar with an even smaller uh, back room that genuinely only holds 30 or 40 people. And unfortunately, post-pandemic with other venues closing has become kind of the big club venue in town, which is a little ironic given its size, but it puts on some amazing gigs. But I got to see, um, just like uh, Lara is talking about, I got to enjoy some, some music by people that I didn't know. That's always an attraction of going to an event like this. I got to see for example Sunny Singh who plays what's called eclectic Punjabi anthems I would just say the music was uh, incredibly diverse certainly eclectic uh, Sunny Singh has a very New York accent the musicians were up from New York here's an example of uh, of their absolute treat this was Friday night outdoors at the somewhere stage probably only maybe more than 30 or 40 people but not more than 100 watching them Certainly, there are musical highlights for me every single year. I would say last year I was uh, introduced to the trio proper from Brooklyn, who I absolutely love. They came out with a really good album after after doing that show. This year, I think Sunny Singh really impressed on me. But uh, a bunch of other acts did as well, to be honest. And uh, my son, my teenage son, who was with me on Friday evening, he really enjoyed a group called What? with a question mark afterwards from Newport. Kind of a jam band, which is uh, not surprising coming from uh, that college town, but with a healthy dose of sort of Booker T and the MGs in there as well. We took a walk down the Keegan's and saw the ska punk band Scarpository. And then he went home and I went over to the Old Dutch Church right across the road uh, from the somewhere stage and saw a guy called Sam Cogan, who I would say fitted into a relatively conventional power pop kind of Marshall Crenshaw vibe. But I dug it. Here's a little bit of Sam. Saturday night, I got to see over at the Somewhere stage a wonderful artist called Roxini. Her music is going to close out this show. Another artist I saw called Bitch. Uh, there were stalls going on there. There was a bit of street art going on there. And then I also went over the road back to the Old Dutch Church, a wonderful venue visually and historically. Probably not really great for acoustics. But uh, before Mercury Rev, there was a New Zealand relocated artist uh, from New Zealand called Kimbra, probably the only Grammy Award winning uh, artist on this year's bill and actually did draw the biggest crowd that I saw of the entire weekend. One of many, many, many artists who's relocated to the Hudson Valley area because it's always been that kind of area from uh, Peter Yarrow and Bob Dylan and Jimi Hendrix onwards and backwards as well and um, another example of that would be on Sunday lunchtime I was just over at Keegan's after attending Rebecca Kelly G's sort of wellness ceremony caught a wonderful relocated from East Texas via Brooklyn admittedly artist by the name of Delicia her new album is out uh, right now it was out that weekend and in fact just a couple of days later I heard her on WNYC's soundcheck show and that sort of vindicated uh, the faith I had in her, I guess the um, the the liking I had for her, and of course the belief that O Positive had in her as well. Here's a little bit of Delisha. Um, but who else? Uh, uh, Khaki King. Oh, that was was a set that I did see. That was amazing. Deerhoof has played. Um, the Mammals, local local folk heroes, um, Lucius, who have really blown up since they played at O Positive. It's wonderful, of course, to be able to claim that you put on an act first, uh, that you put them on before they got too big. And certainly having had some marquee names like Spiritualized or Kimber or Lucius over the years does a lot for O Positive to attract other big names. But it's really important to remember that for every well-known musician who 
earns money and hopefully has their health care covered one way or another. Uh, there are hundreds of musicians who don't. Similarly, for every artist who sells you know, at a high price of the gallery, there are hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of artists struggling to get by. And that brings us back to the whole purpose of O Positive. And it brings me back to a conversation with Lindsay about how this can be more than just and I don't mean to say just because it's so important, but just a weekend long community festival. The yearly, the annual festival is a celebration of this exchange, but we are in a constant process as an organization um, of trying to expand that exchange to a year round uh, model. And so right now we've been doing something as simple as bringing in local doctors into our office you know, once, twice a month, meeting with alumni, um, giving them referrals. You know, if artists or musicians call us from the road and they're having a dental emergency, they need to see a psychiatrist, they can't access their prescription meds. These are things that we're trying to constantly help artists navigate. Um, and there are other organizations that do that as well. But um, we are certainly celebrating the exchange on festival weekend and growing the exchange um, throughout the rest of the year. You know, if you participate in O Positive, you're part of the O Positive family, you become an O Positive alum. And if you find yourself needing care throughout the year and you are unable to access it, you can reach out to O Positive and we can work, reach out to our network and see what we can do to connect you with the provider that you need, whether that's on a sliding scale or, or you know, for free or at a reduced price or, you know, we, we will always try to help. And, and, and furthermore, you know, our main goal at this point, something we think about and we talk about all the time is we're, we're really trying to look beyond Festival Weekend this, it's amazing that we're able to provide this three days a year, but you know, people need healthcare year round. So we are trying to figure out how can we extend this clinic, whether that be to have it as a bi-yearly clinic or a quarterly clinic, or ideally have a building that's O Positive's building where we can have an all the time clinic. But of course there's a lot of planning and a lot of money needed to make that happen. So it is something we're thinking about. How can we raise money? How can we have a, a, a more more regular clinic and, and you know easier access for the community? And all of this brings me back to the event I did attend on the other side of the country, the massive event in the Nevada desert that I opened this show with and which I initially thought would be the subject of one of the One Step Beyond podcasts. I have historically over the years gone out to Burning Man a lot. And actually I went this year for the first time in mm -hmm. 10 years. Um, and I did see some, uh, in terms of the all encompassing uh, audio visual immersive kind of artistic process that goes on at O Positive, I felt there were some similarities um, in terms of this being a, 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 a festival that can't be easily identified, it's uh, uh, Burning Man refuses to be considered a festival. O Positive, literally, you know, the website is O Positive Festival, but they're both very, very <laughs> right. hard to pin down because they do so many different things. And what I love about that, and having them both within a month in my own calendar, I felt that O Positive was community with a lovely small C. You know, out in the Nevada desert, you build a community, but it's temporary. And then hopefully you take mm -hmm. you you have some takeaways that you bring home with you, um, and it's also a party to be honest, and it's also like an endurance test. Right. But O Positive felt like that micro, little micro um, festival, and really successful for it. Um, I guess I wanted to share that. I don't know if there's much to to, to comment back Thank on you. there. Well, you know, I think I think that one thing to mention is that one of the major differences is that we can't ignore the fact that we are born of Kingston, New York, and that our festival takes place in people's neighborhoods. And so um, on some level, um, it is different than Burning Man in that way that we are conscious that we are in people's backyards. And it really changes perhaps um, the sense of responsibility we have to acknowledge those neighbors, to engage those neighbors, to make those neighbors feel as welcome as possible, um, that they can access the festival regardless of what they have in their pocket or, um, you know, if they've ever accessed it before, um, it, we really are aiming for the big welcome. And I think that, you know, even as the mural program persists, we 
are continually working on how to represent more folks, bring more folks in, um, have a conversation with more folks about how art uh, and music impact their lives and, and can contribute to their wellness. That was Roxini performing her song Castles on the Somewhere stage on Saturday evening, one of the highlights of the magnificent O Positive Festival this year, 2022 in Kingston. And, you know, much as we would appear to have covered a lot of ground here, musically, art-wise, mindfulness walks, a little bit of a bike ride, um, there is so much I haven't covered. There are events I wanted to go to, like the vegan chocolate making class, um, some of the other cacao ceremony, homecoming, a sound meditation, You may have heard Leslie talk about the Literary Salon, which I did not get to participate in. Uh, There was a bunch of art workshops, kind of interactive workshops. Those included uh, one called Dear Pen Pal, a Positive Messages spray paint workshop, which I thought was just a great idea. That was down at the YMCA, I do believe, and designed for the kids. And a Lucid Dreams mini golf in search of lost time. There were art projects taking place in art galleries, in physical spaces, in outdoor spaces. I saw that the local high school had art up in one of the windows uptown. So this is an event that really tries to embrace the entire community and try and cover all kinds of genres and and uh, be really innovative and creative to really, I guess, highlight the best of what makes art art and you may be wondering what all of this costs the festival goer because it sounds like it's such an incredible array of uh, opportunities that it would be an expensive ticket well it is requested that people buy a wristband for about 65 i think it was about 65 dollars for the entire weekend but that's only a request um because the artists are coming in and performing for the healthcare that is being provided for them for the artists that they are bringing the expenses are therefore kept very very low and people can attend most events at positive for free i obviously hope that you've been inspired by this in some form if you do live in the united states and that means you know that healthcare is not nationalized here and you see a problem in your town you could always reach out to the good people of o positive they have held their festival in other cities across America, uh, just here and there. So I would like to believe they'll be very helpful if you're looking for clues or their involvement. And similarly or differently, if you live somewhere, another country where healthcare is provided properly, i.e. it's properly budgeted by its government, uh, by your government, and you know you can get access to good healthcare, well, A, congratulations, but B, Maybe this inspires you to put on a community event of a different kind. We'll be back with another show in a couple of weeks. Going to just leave you with a familiar request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave a positive review or rating. Hit the subscribe button. We don't do ads. We don't do sponsorships. We don't do Patreon pages, at least not for now. Uh, But you are welcome to visit the supporter page. That will be linked in the show notes and a whole bunch of stuff relating to O Positive will be linked in the show notes as well, including for you music fans, a link to the Spotify playlist they put together as a preview for this year's festival. And uh, I'll see you soon. Take care out there. Peace. Peace.